Hello, everybody. Welcome back to For the Girls. We're coming at you live from Vegas in our hotel room doing tandem recording, aka I am in the bathroom, and we could not be happier. It's It's been amazing. Um, we have so much to talk about this weekend. It was jam-packed between the racing, potential lack thereof at the beginning of the weekend, the whole spectacle. So much to talk about. So let's just jump in with our main takeaways and what we thought about the weekend. I'm Chessa. I'm Sarah. And I'm Tiggy. Okay, what a crazy weekend. I still don't really know what day or time it is, but (laughs) we're going to dive into our personal experience and everything we did. But in terms of the racing and just the weekend overall, I think after a rocky start, as Chessa mentioned, some drama with Manhole Gate during FP1, (laughs) the rest of the weekend really delivered, I feel like, in terms of spectacle, both on and off the track. I think this is one of the best races we've seen all season in terms of action, just battles at the top, especially, which is so cool. It has been quite a polarizing weekend, I think, on so many levels. But I personally am coming out of this very grateful to all the organizers, the promoters who made this happen, and just am seriously impressed by the scale and the run of show. So super excited to see it grow, get even better in coming years. But I think it went it went off really, really well. Totally agree. I think this was an amazing weekend. I think it was the best race of the season, which we did still end up with a max win, but I think it was just incredibly close racing, seeing Charles, Max, and Checo fly down the main street going into turn one with only a second between them all was just incredible. And I think this really showed to doubters and critics, cough, cough, Max, who might be critical of kind of these newfangled American races that it can be a new race and still give us some of the absolute best and most competitive racing on the calendar. So I thought it was great. Of course, there is room for improvement, which we'll talk about. I'm sure they'll kind of settle in more to logistics as time goes on. Hopefully it becomes more accessible for more fans. But overall, I thought it was a really great event. Yeah, I echo everything that you guys said, and I know it sounds kind of weird to say, but I think this race felt like a breath of fresh air, which is weird to say because on one end of the spectrum, it was just like such a show, very sceney, like all the things. But on the other hand, it did feel as like a fan, as a spectator, a breath of fresh air to at least have like laps one through 30 of the actual race be questioning whether or not Max will win. And I think cherry on top for me was Max's radio just being like, oh my God, I can't hold these tires. Like this is going to be really hard, which just showed that he was doing some serious, um, some serious defending. And I think another thing that was cool, which we kind of all expected from the weekend was just the sheer amount of tire management that was going on and the, the whole strategy there. So very fun weekend. We had a blast. Okay. MVPs. Let's start with that. The winners of the weekend, so to speak. For me, it was Checo. I think it's just been a long time coming, seeing him back on the podium to go from being out in Q2 to getting on the podium, um, working the tires. This was definitely a weekend for him. For me, I got to give a shout out to Lance Stroll. Uh, It's because your brother was here and he was a good omen. I know. So my brother is a big Aston Martin fan and he was along for the podcast girls weekend. And I was joking him last night. I was like, Lance Stroll feels your presence at the track. He drove from P19 to P5, which was just an incredible result. He overtook 10 cars in the first few laps on softs. So I think kind of a rare showing this season of some great form from Stroll. 
Yeah, it was awesome. When we looked up and we saw Stroll in P2, we were like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it to the battle for first. I think Charles overtaking Max on track. Chessa, you said some of this already, but I just think we haven't seen a lot of that this season. We saw that once, I think, with Liam Lawson. So Charles continuing (laughs) his performance, but also joining the esteemed club of Liam Lawson, being able to overtake Max on track. So love that. (laughs) It was great. I think it was nice not having Max on pole. I know Charles really wanted that win, but I just think the battle at the top is not something we've been treated to very much this season. So A treat indeed. Big MVP for me. For LVPs, I have to go with Max, which Ooh. is hard for me to say. But You're feeling mine. <laughs> I know. I know. But as, as everyone knows, I'm a Red Bull and a Max fan, but this was really tough to watch. It was... I I think I I understand when there's a new event and there's these kind of races that are built to be more spectacles. I understand that there's very valid concerns from drivers and teams about the expansion of the schedule, the demands on the teams, which are quite extreme, and the amount of work from drivers and teams that has to go into a big weekend like this. And I also understand concerns about wanting to make sure F1 is still focused on the racing. But all that aside, there's a way to maybe feel like that and communicate about it and not end up insulting American fans. Like I felt like it ended up being one of his quotes about getting drunk in Ibiza, which Mm -hmm. there were just there's so many. But amongst many quotes. uh, Yeah, amongst amongst many. I think ESPN F1 did a nice little slideshow of Max being horribly mean (laughs) about this event. But the, the quote basically included massive generalizations about the type of people who come to the Vegas race, basically accusing everyone of not being serious F1 fans. And then he used Monaco as a comparison, too, when I don't think if saying Monaco was even way better than Vegas. It's like, I don't know if you quiz everyone in the Monaco audience that they would all know what downforce is, be able to tell you all the constructors standings like there are just races that are a little bit more about the show. And overall, I felt like in my seats, in my area, people were so excited to be there, so excited about the racing, really focused in their seats for all of practice, all of the race. So I think it was just super unfair to American fans and to people who put on the event. Yeah, I totally agree. I think I can't go with anyone else as well. And it just, it bothered me that you know, after he won the race and is singing Viva Las Vegas after like (laughs) really just trashing the event all week, that dog meme of like Max, like during the entire race weekend and then Max after the race winning and like just a mad dog and a happy dog. It's just like, (laughs) dude, make up your mind. And I, I, I like the way you phrase that, Sarah. I do think it's quite insulting to American fans and just people who came to the event and it's okay if you if you don't know what downforce is you can come to an event like we're about expanding the sport and i think that's part of what this race is about and yes i guess that's there's a little bit of hypocrisy there given how inaccessible this year was for many fans but i do think there there is a way to phrase your criticism and if you don't have something nice to say like just maybe don't say it or say it in a different way that's not insulting the people who've worked so hard to make this happen in under two years. I mean, that's just crazy. I just, I loved what Toto said of like, that is so insulting. And he wasn't referring just to Max. He was talking about everybody freaking out about FP1 and manholes and and all that. It's like people have worked so hard for this and like the promoters have worked so hard. So let's just like 
take a chill pill. <laughs> totally. It was a lot in the media too. All the articles being, oh, Vegas GP debacle. I guess now the articles have turned to most thrilling race of the season. So that's a little different. Be. But also David Coulthard had an amazing Max interview post-race. Oh, yes. It was so good. He totally boxed Max in. He just said, oh, wow, that was just absolutely incredible racing, right? What a great event, right? And Max was like, haha, yeah, great racing. Excited to come back. Yeah, as it should be. I think this might be, I don't know if this is the first time that we've all had the same LVP. I think we all feel very strongly, especially because we spoke to, like we spoke to Pilar in our preview episode and like we got to see firsthand how much work how much thought how much passion more passion more energy like people were just so into the race and getting it all set up and to to diss all the work that went into it is a no-go for us so that's our lvp and we can't wait to see them come back next year even better with an even better race okay wow yeah what's the last time we had a unanimous lvp i don't know I think <laughs> this might be the first time um okay hot takes guys tiggy what was yours i feel like zero for three. Let's oh, for go. three. This like, it also like represents my gambling. You know what? <laughs> I was gonna say that. <laughs> I can insult myself, but you can't make fun at my bad luck on the slots. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I only lost like what thirty dollars. Still not great. Low stakes, baby. <laughs> um, okay, so I had Lewis would outperform Checo and keep the fight for P two alive for Abu Dhabi rough 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 uh, i also said mclaren podium rough 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 <laughs> and logan points just triple oh rough. no <laughs> really bad i'm sorry to everyone i jinxed i had surprise podium which i think i don't know if i'm gonna give that to myself is check on podium a surprise it shouldn't be so i'm not gonna give that to myself and then i had lando win which i appreciate where my heart was at the time but Lando win, McLaren win. Yeah, I just did not happen for that team this weekend. But <laughs> we have one more race. Hopefully next race, guys, we can all get a three for three hot take. Who knows? Yeah, that would be nice. Okay, before we dive into the racing, let's discuss a little bit of the weekend, what we did. We were kind of all over the place. Chessa and I were counting the number of hotels we went to this, this weekend. Let's, let's list them out. Okay, Bellagio, MGM, Venetian, Virgin, Win, Caesars. <laughs> We're missing <laughs> one. We'll We're definitely it. missing one. Oh, Cosmopolitan. Cosmopolitan. There you go. Wow. wow. Basically the entire strip. Look at us. That's pretty crazy. So we did that. We hit all the hotels just running back and forth this weekend, but it was so fun. We started the weekend on Thursday, so not really the weekend, but I guess that's how it works in F1, doing a live recording at the Blue Wire Studios at the Win, which was just so fun. Obviously, we felt pretty fancy, and it was just so cool to be there, and the people at Blue Wire are amazing, and we always love doing sort of like live interviews in a studio. It just brings a whole new kind of energy, and then we went right from there to fp1 and fp2 at vista and it was really more just like fp1 at at vista and then fp2 in bed right guys <laughs> and so like i said we were at the the vista rooftop which was insane it was at dre's rooftop overlooking the track so it has like all these corners of the rooftop overlooking the track a massive tv set up a pool with a mclaren car floated into it they had amazing guests the energy was just so cool and they what I thought was really impressive, they were projecting F1 TV, not just from the TVs and like the big screens, but like in the bathroom, in the elevator, like it was so plugged in. 
And of course, like they did this in collaboration with David Coulthard. David Coulthard's commentary is amazing. And it was just a very well executed event. Um, it was an excellent event for us too, because it was like fun, but also a really good mix of, of just like focusing on the racing and getting to get a sense of everything that's going on. Oh, and we have to talk about, we got to meet Otmar there, who yes. just is an absolute legend if someone wants to explain <laughs> Otmar's experiences this weekend. So Otmar, really, I don't think he got any sleep, apparently. He, he, he has was, more energy than we do, and he's, like, a lot older than us. <laughs> he was on stage talking about, like, the race, manhole covers, that whole thing, and he was like, yeah, and then I went home, and I was talking to my wife, and I, and I was like, oh, yeah, I got home at 5, and she was like, no, you got home at 7 a.m. A.m. <laughs> he was out partying. Would love to see that. Someone commented on our picture of him, like, why is Otmar there? I'm like, the people need him. The people need Otmar there. And then I think he was out till 4 a.m. the night after he was out till 7 a.m. So he did Vegas right, some would say. (laughs) So funny that he was at the McLaren event. Love to see it. Yeah, I was also working um, from my hotel room on Thursday and Friday, mostly watching planes take off and land during the day from MGM, which was wild with (laughs) just looking out into into the desert over here. Um, It was quite the, the scenery up and down up and down Las Vegas for the track. My brother and I were sitting on the start finish straight, which was unbelievable. And I think just overall, this was, I think the best race I've been to in terms of logistics and fan experience, getting into and out of the track was really easy. Just simple logistical things like making sure there's enough ticket scanners to get in so that there aren't huge bottlenecks, making sure that there's plenty of room for people to walk around the food uh, is by Wolfgang Puck. There was a ton of really good food. There were fun Heineken pop-ups all over the place. Just a lot of really kind of nice touches for fan experience. One thing that was amazing that I have not seen before where there were so many, I think there were maybe volunteers at the track standing in red outfits. They worked for the promoter for the race, holding big signs. I just said, ask me, ask me anything, ask me for help. Um, and if you went up and asked for directions or where to find something, where to find a charging station, where to find your entrance, they were so friendly and nice. And there were a ton of them all over the place. So that was just, I think, an amazing touch, a really good detail. The Red Bull fan zone was fun. The overall energy, I think, as I said earlier, the, the fans were serious. I think people were obviously having a good time, but people were in their seats focused all of quality, the entire race, not even on their phones that much, just really dialed in. And I think you could see that even Paddock Club and Skybox and the grandstand. So that was really awesome to see. People were super excited for Williams, for Logan. People were really excited for Charles and Checo. And overall, I think just having a blast. And it was really fun. It was my first time getting to see kind of the pre-race action on the grid from a distance, which was really cool to get to see it was so 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 crowded and even when the drivers were kind of lining up for the anthem and everything the grid was packed it was cool seeing the massive american flag out there so it was great and just a note on the hospitality i think that was true throughout the entire city like our experience anytime we needed to ask for directions if we were in a casino we were lost because it's very easy to get lost in these things (laughs) oh my god everybody just knew you know when you're like at an airport and you ask someone like where something is they're like I don't know I feel like there was just that was not 
the energy here at all. Everybody yeah, was so friendly, helpful. Like 10 out of 10. Even like the Uber drivers knew exactly what was going on. They're like, oh, we can't take you this way, but we can take you this way and drop you as close and then you can walk this way. So excellent the showing best. Vegas on the logistics. A huge highlight, which we need Tiggy to take away here, <laughs> is meeting the Mercedes comms team. That was so cool. So we got lunch with them, which was really breakfast. They were eating like hash browns and eggs at 3 p.m. <laughs> in the Bellagio, which was incredible. Um, but we were talking to their comms team just kind of about the weekend, how they thought about the season, the whole thing. And they were telling us a lot of different things like 200 person traveling team, which is insane. They were talking about just the amazing logistical operation that goes into a weekend like Vegas. They're hosting so many guests. Like over then- a thousand guests this week yeah just crazy and like all the hospitality and how all like what goes on behind the scenes there which is just insane and then obviously the travel schedule they're going straight to Abu Dhabi and they're having like basically the entire traveling team flying to Heathrow where they just have a quick layover they don't even really get off the plane I think they just like refuel and then they go to Abu Dhabi but it was just crazy and it was really interesting to hear their perspective on the Vegas race and American fans. And I thought they were really supportive and had, they, I think seemed, maybe this is not surprising, but seemed to echo what Toto said to the media of just like, not every race has to be in the middle of nowhere. Indeed. Yeah. Only focusing on what's happening on track. So there is a, there's a, a time and place for something like Vegas, which I think is cool. I think it's a good perspective. Yes. And speaking of very Vegas events that night, this was Friday, we went to a Jack Daniels party that was sponsored or hosted with McLaren. That was at the Virgin Hotels. That was like a whole production. There was a car on stage with the DJ. And so it's fun to see like both ends of the spectrum here. And I think that was really cool. Um, Another thing that we also did was we saw Christian Horner and Jerry getting just like salads and juices or coffees at a cafe. The wind was definitely the place to be seen to CNBC. And I think we saw so many celebrities, Christian Horner, of course, being the (laughs) creme de la creme for us. Yes. We also on Thursday went to the pop-up at the win. It was the plus four, four pop-up Lewis's uh, merch with Murakami and then also the race weekend, the magazine, which was super cool. So we picked up some magazines. We looked at the merch. I Chessa convinced me not to buy anything after (laughs) going in and out like four times (laughs) next time. On Saturday, which was so exciting, we got to interview Carrie Donahue, who is the motorsport legal director at Mercedes. She is unbelievable, just so incredible. It was an awesome interview, so we really can't wait for you all to hear that. And on Friday, so speaking of Mercedes, we did a lot of fun Mercedes things this weekend, which obviously everybody knows I love. We oh, went yes. To how could we forget? The Toto Wolf Marriott panel, which was so cool. So it was Toto Wolf, the CEO of Marriott, Tony, and then Amy Trask, who was the former CEO of the Oakland Raiders. And being from Oakland, I was kind of not a huge football fan, but cheered for the Raiders. And it was just incredible. They talked about kind of sports, hospitality, entertainment, the Vegas race, the business side behind it. I think the word EBITDA was thrown out like five different times. And synergy. We can't forget the word synergy. Synergy. But it was great. It was all the things we love to hear. And Amy was just a boss, like just the coolest woman, so articulate. What does she call herself? The Princess of Darkness. She doesn't call herself that, but that's like her nickname when she was at the the Raiders. She's so cool. 
it was so great. And we got to meet Tony, the Marriott CEO. He was so friendly and talked so much about the partnership between Mercedes and Marriott and how Marriott works to host the team around the world. So as we were saying, when all the mechanics are going to have probably almost a 24-hour trip getting from Vegas to Abu Dhabi and then get to go to Marriott, know that they're uh, going to be well situated there when get massages they on get the road massages. for almost a month. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a fun fact that we learned every mechanic or team member who has to fly an economy over to Abu Dhabi gets a free massage when they get to the Marriott. <laughs> it was also, I don't know if that's worth it, but <laughs> I think it would be for me. Yeah. Toto was so funny too, joking about being a micromanager or what did he say? Not, I like to be super, super involved in everything that's going on. And he said, oh, the reason Tony and I get along so well is because we're the same. Tony knows the entire business. And Tony said, yeah, I tell Toto to email me whenever there's anything wrong in a Marriott. And he does. And Toto was like, yes, I do. (laughs) So the quote was, micromanaging is great as long as you don't do everything but know everything, (laughs) (laughs) which feels very Toto. But I want to shout out some other quotes from this panel. Uh, One that we loved, and I think this was Toto who said this. He said, about sports. Sports are the most important, unimportant thing, which I thought was a really interesting way to phrase it. I mean, we obviously think sports are important, but like it is entertainment, you know, but it really has the power to unite. It brings people together. That was a big theme of the panel. I loved that um, a lot. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah. that was a good quote. That was a good one. Even the other panelists were very impressed with that quote. They really were taking that. (laughs) Yeah. And just to wrap up some of the other amazing things that happened this weekend, we got to see Swish from Track Limits at Caesars, which is personally my favorite hotel casino (laughs) place to be. It's where I learned to play craps, and it was amazing. So seeing Swish was great. He's amazing. We got to see our Red Bulletin feature in the flesh. They gave us our magazine, so we were excited about that. And then we got to meet up with Emily Liebert, who wrote the amazing article in The Cut. If anyone hasn't read any of the late, latest like F1 articles in The Cut magazine, which is part of the New York magazine, you should. And we were featured in that, so that was really cool to meet her. And she brought her dad, which we loved. That and was then, so crazy. Yeah. Just on that article, like we did not know that that existed. Like I had seen the article and then someone DM'd us like, you guys are in this. We're like, what? It was amazing. <laughs> so that was so cool. That was awesome. And then it was it was really interesting. So yesterday, so Sarah watched the race from the track, which I'm sure Sarah, you're going to have amazing things to talk about from that. And then Tiggy and I were at the Vista pop-up watching, and then we booked it back to our hotel room, and we were on live TV in Australia, which was very interesting. This was crazy. I mean, we, we basically got asked to do this, I think, one day in advance, maybe 24 not hours even. ago, yeah. Yeah. And like very little prep, didn't really know what we were going to be asked or what the whole thing was about. And it was fun. It's just funny kind of seeing the media's spin on it. Like they were, I think, thinking about Vegas is maybe not have going on, going off as well as we thought it did. And so we felt like we had to defend it a little bit almost, which was funny. Um, but it was cool. It was cool. Just to be on live TV. Defending Vegas to the people of Australia. <laughs> I love so. it. I know. It's so funny, um, but super cool. Women's health is so important and balanced hormones are key for that. We've been loving Hormone Harmony from Happy Mammoth, who's committed to making women's lives easier. 
Hormone Harmony contains adaptogens, science-backed herbal extracts that help the body adapt to stressors like hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. We love it because it helps us maintain optimal hormone levels and supports our mood and general well-being. There is a reason that one bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off on your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use code F1R the girls at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code F1R the girls for 15% off today. We all need a little extra health booth sometimes, and Fleur Marche makes it easy for us to supercharge our wellness. Their botanical wellness patches have been such a fun addition to our routine. We just stick them on wherever we want. They have them for sleep, relaxation, focus, and other things. And the patch delivers ingredients to your body in a subtle but effective way, and the results last up to 12 hours. Fleur Marche also has botanical gummies and their new organic nutritional powder, Green Machine. They only use the best ingredients and are tested for potency, contaminants, and heavy metals before and after production. And one of our favorite things, we also love that the company is founded and inspired by women with the mission of helping us feel 100% every single day so that we can have full energy and crush it every day. Find your new wellness essentials at fleurmarche.com and get a special discount just for our listeners. Get 20% off your first order site-wide with promo code for the girls at checkout. Orders over $50 also get free shipping. Go to fleurmarche, F-L-E-U-R-M-A-R-C-H-E.com. Use code for the girls for 20% off your first order. All right. Time for racing. Let's start with practice. Manhole gate needs zero introduction for everybody, but just a very quick in case it uh, <laughs> summary. So nine minutes into FP1, Carlos's entire floor was wrecked from running over a drain cover on the straight that was not properly secured or welded down. So FP1 was red flagged, canceled. And FP2, we didn't know when that was going to start, but it ended up running from 2.30 to 4 a.m. since they had to check every single drain cover on the entire track to make sure they were properly welded down. And Carlos's floor was absolutely destroyed. Ferrari was pissed. Fred Visser, I've never seen him like that angry. And Carlos ended up getting a 10-place grid penalty and was not granted an exemption by the FIA, which what do you think of that? I mean, they also kicked fans out. You couldn't see FP2, but... What do we think about that grid penalty? I was shocked that the FIA went that direction, and I feel like it was kind yeah. of a bad look. I thought they were going to walk it back, really. I really did because it was scary. Like Carlos said that it's at one point, like when it first happened, like he couldn't feel his legs when when the whole bottom of his car just got absolutely destroyed. I really he's thought lucky they were gonna... he's okay. It was scary. Yeah, and it's like, okay, if he wasn't okay, maybe they would have walked back the penalty. Like, I don't understand. The FIA chooses to delve into the gray areas at all the wrong times, I think, sometimes. Um, But, yeah, it was really scary. And I think, one, he shouldn't have gotten the grid penalty. And then, two, if we're talking about the fan experience, it did go super late. And I guess they had to kick the fans out because everyone working the race didn't want to stay until, you know, 4 a.m. or whatever. But I do think that maybe a $200 merch voucher when hats are – upwards of $120 maybe is not the move for fans who only had one day practice tickets on Thursday night. Yeah, I think it was hard for fans and also just so hard on the team. So practice ending at four, they have to wrap everything up, do post-practice debriefs, make sure the cars are all put away, lock everything up for the night. It's not as if they can just all run out of there at 4 a.m. So as a lot of you probably saw on socials, all the teams were leaving at around 7, 8 a.m. We had not done fp2 once it got delayed i think we were all peacefully asleep at like 
10 p.m. Yeah, and- we we did not hack our time zones correctly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were a bit jet lagged also. And then in the morning, I was going down to get coffee at 8 a.m. And there were two Williams team members in the elevator with me. And I was like, oh, are you when I was going back up? And I said, oh, are you guys just getting back? And they're like, yeah, we have no idea what time it is. We need to report back for, at the track at 4 p.m. So it's also just so, so brutal for the teams. So brutal. Wait, when were we peacefully asleep at 10 p.m.? I feel like I went to bed at like 5 a.m. every night. <laughs> after fp1 when it was clear that fp2 was was maybe not gonna happen oh no chess and i went to the chain smokers oh my god guys wait this is funny gosh wait yeah this is hilarious Casually we were doing that we were at the chain smokers until 2 30 in the morning <laughs> like i was like when did i go to bed at 10 p.m and usually <laughs> i get eight or nine hours of sleep so i would not have forgotten going to bed at that i guess time. it was like 10 p.m new york time 1 a.m here for sarah so that's good <laughs> no how, opposite how? chessa <laughs> new york is three hours ahead oh my god we really have no idea where <laughs> we are right now how how was the chain smokers were they was anything f1 themed or no, just there bottle were things, service. Yes, bottle service in the club was F1 themed. There was an F1 flag. There were people wearing helmets. The like alcohol was being carried out on like little F1 And Tiggy cars. was repping a sick McLaren jacket in the middle of the club. I will say that I've never gotten more compliments on anything in my life than I have on that jacket. So thank you, McLaren. It's <laughs> so funny. But yeah, the Chainsmokers were good. They came on on the dot at 1.30. And yeah, it was a little dubstepy, which I wasn't expecting, but it was good. Especially because Tiggy and I were zero drinks deep. Yeah, that's was, also true. It was an experience. <laughs> um, okay. <Those> legends. <laughs> Let's talk about Quali. Who wants to hit this one? I will start this off. So for Q1, it was just amazing getting to see the first flying laps on a brand new track. Charles looked super fast. Stroll, of all people, pushed Lando into the drop zone. This was also the scene of the Ocon Verstappen squabble with Max Ugh. calling him a stupid idiot. Again, maybe <laughs> one of the nicer things Max said this week. I don't know. Oh, oh. <laughs> wow, Sarah. I'm <laughs> loving this side of you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't know. I feel a little personally ag- aggrieved, but I, I won't <laughs> get into this any further. Um, and then for cuts, sadly, we had both McLarens, which was a bit of a shock. We had Norris, Ocon, Joe, Piastri, and Sonoda out. Also a bit of foreboding for kind of the AlphaTauri prospects for the rest of the weekend. Oh, sad. For Q2, Ferrari was out on fresh softs, and they just looked really fast. What was one of the best, I thought, highlights was having both Williams make it through Q2 into Q3. And in a shocking turn of events, this was not a highlight, both Hamilton and Checo did not make it through. And Hamilton was just like, I couldn't go any faster, mate. So not sure what was going on there. Just pace of the car, I guess. But we had Hamilton, Checo, Hulkenberg, Stroll, and Ricardo out in Q2. Some heavy hitters. It was amazing getting to see, too, the level of coordination timing which was required which is always a little tough in quality but here they're having to do multiple outlaps some people which was so because as we talked about the track temperature is very cold really hard with tire warm-up some of the drivers will be out for eight laps in quality which is just unheard of on on the same tires so it was interesting to see 
for Q3, Max had a close call with one of the walls and was definitely swearing on the radio. A lot of drivers had close calls with the walls and not all the walls had barriers on them. They literally just had like stickers. And so it could have been a lot worse. In the end, we had Charles and then Signs dropping to P12 because of his um, his grid penalty. So it was Charles, Signs, P2 that ended up being P12. Max, George, Gasly, Albon, and Sargent. And this was amazing. This was also kind of late at night, and I was very delirious. And I was like, Tiki, what happened? What happened? What happened? Uh, <laughs> this was hilarious. Chessa was asleep for, well, like half asleep for this. And I was screaming <laughs> when Sargent got into uh, Q3. And then also when he got like P4, and then he got knocked down a few. But I was like, Chessa, just like, what? <laughs> I was like, Tiki, Tiki, get the remote. And she was like, the TV's on. <laughs> So despite Charles getting pulled, he was definitely a bit hard on himself, which kind of for foreshadows for the weekend, saying he wasn't happy with his Q3 laps. But we love to see a prancing horse on pole. It was cool. A prancing horse. Let's go. Yeah. Did I sound like <laughs> Martin Brundle or someone important there? <laughs> yes. Um, okay. Let's go quickly through start of the race, some main highlights. So starting grid after penalties, we had Leclerc and Max on the front row, then Russell and Gasly second row, and then Albon, which was great. There was a bit of an oil spill from one of the cars in the driver's parade. So the left side of the grid still had some residue and was at a disadvantage, which was wild and kind of interesting. But we had a wild start. So this is one of the only tracks I feel like we've seen with a curved start at the end. You can kind of see there's, there's a yeah, curve. Yeah, for the back of the grid which is wild. So Max braked super late, diving uh, in the inside of Leclerc at turn one, forced him wide, ended up getting a five-second penalty for forcing Charles off, but that took a while for the FIA to to give him that. So Max ended up pulling ahead into P1 off the start. Albon and Sargent both hung on to P5 and P6, which was crazy. But then the next sad highlight was lap three, Lando's really big crash. And the impact was big enough that he spun all the way off into a runoff zone, still hit at high speed, was taken to the medical center for checks and was in there for hours, but thankfully was discharged, seems to be totally okay, but really scary. Some other highlights by lap four, Stroll had made up 10 places, which is incredible even if you're max or lewis so that was that was very exciting there's a lot of contact and action after the safety car restart after lando's crash several cars had to pit with damage at this point it was starting to look like maybe we would have a race on our hands because max wasn't really pulling away from charles and then by lap 16 charles had a huge overtake of max it was so exciting my my area of the grandstands was freaking out. Everyone was looking down to the last t- corner to be able to see Charles come around um, the start, finish straight in first. It was very exciting. By the middle of the race, then it looked like it was going to be Charles versus Checo for the win. Because I was of like, course, I was screaming in Tiggy's ear. I was like, it's going to be Checo. <laughs> because, of course, yeah, it's street circuit. Some amazing Checo tire whispering put him at the front. It was it was great to see him back in kind of Checo form, at least at this part of the race. He struggled a little bit later on. There were so many Checo fans too. Like the Checo uh, hype was real and the biggest Mexican flag I've ever seen making its way through the MGM casino after the race was As was great. it should be. I love <laughs> to see that. So kind of towards the end when we had the Max and 
we had a little bit of like a Max and George wheel-to-wheel action when Max was making his way back up the grid. They collided. It looked like George had the majority of like the debris and damage, but then some of the rear of the Red Bull came off. It looks like George didn't really see Max since Max was passing at an unexpected part of the track, and then George actually ended up getting a penalty for, for impeding or something like that, but... That was crazy to see how that collision and the cars can still still keep going. Towards the end of the race, or sort of like middle to the end, lap 32, Checo overtook Leclerc for the third leader of the race. Max, of course, then made his way back up to P3, even after serving his five-second penalty in the pits. And then by lap 37, this is kind of where it all fell apart for me. Max was in the lead. <laughs> Checo had fallen back to third. Charles made a mistake, had a lockup, let Checo get past. We had a Red Bull 1-2. And then later Charles said that he had almost hit the wall. So there was basically a lot of action right up to the end. And then speaking of the end, guys, we had Justin Bieber waving the checkered flag, which was not on my bingo card this weekend. But it kind of makes a lot of sense now that, I, now that I'm saying it. It's crazy listening to this recap. This was such a thrilling race. The wheel action was incredible. Cars were able to follow super closely Everyone seems so pleasantly surprised. And even I think we had underestimated it too. Like we talked so much about, oh, there's going to be no tire warm up. Hopefully there aren't a ton of crashes and hopefully it, the weekend just stays together. And not only did it stay together, it ended up being just an absolutely unbelievable race. So going very quickly by team, Red Bull wrapped up first ever team one, two in the driver's championship, rounding out a perfect clean sweep of a season which is just crazy. So congratulations to them. Yes, we'll see if Checo keeps his seat (laughs) based on that. For Ferrari, Charles P2 after starting from pole, just continuing his unfortunate streak of his last 11 pole starts not being a win, literally since Australia 2022. Really sad. Signs P6, which was unfortunate, I think, given with if he hadn't had that grid penalty, probably could have done a lot better. Yeah. And one of my Ferrari highlights was seeing Rihanna in the garage with Aesop Rocky. Like, so cool. I would not have pegged Rihanna as a Ferrari girl. Like, I thought maybe she would be with Mercedes or, I don't know, something. But Ferrari, good for her. This is like Tiggy's Roman Empire. I think you've been talking about this for the last 24 hours nonstop. (laughs) Why is Rihanna not with Mercedes? (laughs) Speaking of Mercedes, not that great of a weekend for them or as high up as they had hoped. We had Lewis P7 and George P8. Lewis was unhappy with the pace, but was, as always, super complimentary and supportive of the weekend overall. It was definitely a roller coaster of a race for him. He started outside of the top 10, was up in the front, tumbled all the way back down, crawled back to P7, which, of course, was a stellar drive from him and shows how much of a, of a great driver he, he is. And then for the team overall, they're only four points ahead of Ferrari and the constructors. So Abu Dhabi is going to be a very exciting weekend for us to watch. For Alpine, Ocon was absolutely thrilled with his P4, but Gazi was really upset with P11 because he had started P4. And he had looked like a podium contender early on in the race. So that was unfortunate for McLaren. Tough weekend. Piastri had some really good wheel-to-wheel action during the race. He got unlucky towards the end because he was also right up there. Sadly, Lando, as we said, had a really big crash. He was taken to the Circuit Medical Center, then to the University Medical Center. So really scary and just glad he's okay. Agreed. Alfa Romeo, tough weekend for Botas, who qualified P7, but ended last of the cars that finished in P17. So that was a bummer. One more race and then hoping for better 
uh, performance next season. I think we can all agree on that. Agreed. Aston Martin. This was a great weekend for Stroll, as Sarah already said, but unfortunate for Alonso, who suffered damage early on in the race after having losing after having lost uh, the rear spinning off at the start. Honestly, it could have been much worse for him, so at least he finished. But all in all, thought it was great, and both cars finished in the points, helped them pull closer to McLaren and constructors. So still stuff to fight for in Abu Dhabi. Alvatari, a weekend to forget for them. Unfortunately, Yuki's DNF, Danny's P14 finish. But again, one more race. We'll see what happens. Onwards and upwards for next year, hopefully, to round up the teams. Okay, I think for Haas and Williams, for the last two teams, for both of them, the weekend was a bit of a mixed bag. For Haas, it ended in disappointment with a P13 and a DNF finish. But of course, they did have some bright spots at the beginning of the race. The pace of the car was pretty decent, but because of the craziness of the race, the drivers really just kind of got lost in the shuffle and it didn't translate to points. And it was kind of the same for Williams. I feel like it could have been such a shutout for the team. It was a great weekend based on quality and the first third of the race. They had excellent straight line speed and both drivers did have some great wheel to wheel action, but they did get lost in the sauce of the craziness that was the Vegas GP, but really good data gathering for them. It was cool to see them go so fast. To wrap up, radio of the week was Charles. I wanted that win so bad. He sounded Mm -hmm. so sad on the radio after the race. He was really upset. It seems like he cheered up a bit. He seemed in better spirits in the Rolls-Royce cool-down car and at the podium. Um, But that was a tough loss for him. So brutal. So for drivers, we have Max with 549, Checo with 273, securing that P2, Hamilton 232, Sainz 200, Alonso 200. They are tied. And Lando is five points behind them at 195 and Leclerc at 188. So still a lot to fight for next race. And constructors, we have Red Bull with 822, Mercedes 392, Ferrari four points behind at 388, McLaren 284, Aston Martin 273. So again, still stuff to fight for here. And with that, thank you for tuning in. We had the best time. Lots of content coming for you in video form and interviews, but we'll talk to you for Abu Dhabi. 